Hello guys, welcome back to the Take Up Space podcast. I hope that you all are well and having an amazing week so far. I hope you enjoyed the pod- the podcast that we had last week. I loved that episode because of how raw and real it was and Catherine put herself in a very vulnerable position. She opened up about something that she has obviously struggled with and not many people know the, well, not many people at all know what's happened in Catherine's life. And Catherine is someone that I take inspiration from because of how strong she is and for her ability to to get up when times do get difficult. And this is your reminder as well, like no matter how hard something gets in your life, there is always a reason to get up and keep going. Whether you have a bad day, whether you have a bad week or whether you have a bad month, there is always something to be grateful for in your life. And this is why your circle is so, so, so important. Talk to the people that are close to you. Talk to the people that you love and just make sure that that they're okay because it takes two seconds to just ask someone, how are how are you doing actually? That's what I like to ask my friends. Not just like a simple, hey, how are you? Because you'll get like, yeah, I'm okay, I'm fine. But no, how are you actually? Because when you do that, it it does kind of allow them to be like, well, this is this is what's happening in my life. So definitely just reach out to those around you and just make sure that they're okay and just hug everybody as much as you possibly can. We are going to be going into more mental health topics. I am going to be getting a couple of guys on the podcast as well because I think guys are a little bit more stubborn in terms of actually opening up about their emotions due to them being more masculine and due to them trying to to be a strong man all of the time. So I am going to be getting some very exciting guests on in the in the next couple of weeks, which is going to be awesome. Me and Catherine are going to be heading over to Dubai. So we are going to be heading over to Dubai next week. And it's just really for like a mental reset. It's been a very busy year and it's been a very successful year to say the least. And Dubai is going to be very much an intense working trip there's a lot planned um there's a lot of podcasts planned that's for sure as well um there's so much podcast studios that are available in in dubai so i'm going to be using that to my advantage and getting all the the uk people that have moved out there onto the podcast which is going to be very exciting but We've had a busy week. Catherine was up for me with me for a full week. So we had a lovely time. We got some more things organized for 2024, which is super exciting. And then we had another busy weekend at Femivo this weekend. So we had PCA British Finals on Saturday and Sunday. And then we also had the 
two bros British championships on Sunday. So the girls did absolutely incredible. That was Sophie's first pro qualifier. So she won her class. I do think she was close to winning her pro card, but she is going to be going again which is exciting and that is something that I say to all my competitors that are trying to get their pro card. Keep going, keep showing up because the chances of you winning your pro card in your very first pro qualifier are slim to none. Like it's about getting yourself back up there doing doing the do, getting the judges feedback and improving every single time you step on stage getting an idea as to what that judge is like and if you find some judges that do like you strategically plan to go to the shows that that they are judging that it's so important to find judges that like your physique and like your your style but like you've just got to have that mentality that if you don't win cool on to the next one not having as I say that that victim mentality where you're like I should have won that I should have got that that is that is not the case you want to keep showing up and and keep improving every single time you do compete so that was this weekend past. We have got FitX finals this weekend. So for me, the show season, well, the amount of volume of girls competing every single weekend is starting to, to go down. I've got probably around 10 girls left still in prep at this moment in time. I've got a couple of girls doing the Milan show in a couple of weeks' time, which is going to be awesome. That is a Masters, like, amateur Olympia, and there's 42 pro cards there, and it's only for 35s plus. So I'm going to be getting some of my um, masters to go and do that sh the, do that shows um, to see if any of those have got a chance to, to win their pro card there, which is going to be exciting. And then the majority of the, the girls left are competing internationally in um, the, the pro qualifiers, the back end of this year. But it's been a busy week in terms of getting all of my girls ready for their improvement seasons because... For me as a coach, although show season is busy, that first four to six weeks of any competitor coming out of their show is the exact same because they're still checking in daily. They all get new training programs, obviously, and we are monitoring everything from a food focus perspective, how they're feeling psychologically as well, because a lot of competitors will experience post-show blues after coming off the back of a contest prep, but I have been um, drilling into them about that mountain, that mountain term about reaching the peak of a mountain and then going on to the next peak. So everything is being managed from that front. But as a coach, that post-show period requires me to be more hands-on than I was during a prep. Like in a prep, what I find that clients are very focused they they know what they're doing every single day they stick to their food they they do the plan perfectly but as soon as they don't have that goal anymore it is a time that competitors do feel lost and feel like they've not got like 
a sense of purpose anymore. So it's my job as a coach to make sure that I'm looking after them, but to also create a timeline for them for the, the next year. So I have calls with every single one of my girls. We map out the next 12 months in advance in their check-in sheet and in their timeline so they know exactly how long we're going to be in a health phase for, how long we're going to be in an improvement phase for, how long we're going to potentially be in a cup for because it, it gives them a sense of direction although it's, it's hard to create a complete timeline for that individual because everybody's health phases vary in length this is why like it is so individual to that to that client but today's episode is basically going to be all about prep and it's going to be like a QA. and ask some questions so I am going to be like talking about it's it's we're, I'm going to be doing this like bodybuilding style because I'm not actually done like a bodybuilding episode on this on this channel. I used to have the the Be Undeniable podcast, and that was related to to prep and to bodybuilding. But this one is really about mindset and how to become your best self. But a lot of you guys are competitors, and I know that this podcast is going to be extremely valuable to a lot of you because you are coming to the end of your seasons you are transitioning into your your health phases and you are wanting to make sure that you're having the most productive improvement season you possibly can so this podcast is just coming around at the right time I'm just going to take this necklace out of my top I actually got this from Misha <laughs> Um, and it's never off. And then I've got my bracelet from from Jen on as well. But yeah, we're going to get into some some questions. Um, I have put down quite a lot of uh, well, there is quite a lot of PED questions. A lot of the questions that I did get asked are much and such the same, but um, I have tried to condense them so they are going to be a little bit a little bit different as well. So. One of the questions was, we'll start with an easy one, the the hardest part of prep. Now, for me, the hardest part of prep is is fatigue management. Because when you're when you are in a deficit and when you are pushing to the extremities of fat loss, fatigue management is going to be a lot harder than what it is when you're not in a prep and you're not doing cardio and your expenditure is not high and you are eating more food. And when you're running a business and when you're looking after people, it can be hard to to manage fatigue because you you still need to tick your own boxes and you still need to, to look after other people. Everybody finds things different when it comes to a prep. Like... Some people do struggle with with food focus. Some people do struggle with energy levels. Um, some people do s- struggle with with hunger. Now, I don't really struggle with the the hunger as such because at the end of the day, like when you are in a contest prep, you do need to change your mindset that food is there for a purpose. And although you maybe do want to eat more of that food, it is for a reason. And every single meal and every single time that you stick to that 
accurately, it's going to get you closer to that goal. So I don't really food like focus on food at all. Like when it comes to food focus, I do think that food focus actually comes from a lot of self-sabotage. So people are self-sabotaging themselves and making themselves food focused when they're in a contest prep. Now, what, I, what, what do I mean by this? Looking at Instagram pages, following cookie pages, your explore feed is just full of food, food porn. You're looking up um, all the different restaurants there is on Deliveroo. That's self-sabotage. It's you that's actively putting yourself in a position where you're looking at cheeseburgers and donuts all day. You don't need to do that. Don't think about it. Um, food is just one of those things that unfortunately, if you're a bodybuilder, you are going to have to, to sacrifice. But it is it is worth it on the on the long run, that's for sure. But like managing fatigue and just making sure that I'm looking after myself and giving myself enough rest is is one of the one of the most important things. How long does it take to turn pro? Now, this question varies obviously significantly dependent on the athlete, dependent on their experience and dependent on the current position that they're in. If you are someone that's competing in figure, for example, this obviously requires a lot more muscle than what it does bikini. However, when it comes to bikini as well, just because it doesn't have as much muscle as what figure does, doesn't mean that it's not you're you're not going to take a long time to to turn pro. It is very like bikini as well is quite subjective to who the judges are on that day. Although judges depend like like different looks. Um, and this is why it can be be subject to change. I have seen a lot of the shows this year though, they have been all like going for that like softer, fuller, bubblier bikini bikini look. But it is the evolution of the sport at the end of the at the end of the day. Athletes are becoming better. The standard is becoming a lot better. And the girls that are competing in these pro qualifiers, they are all putting in a crazy amount of work to get that pro card. So it's very individual to that client. Like I would never tell a client that they're in a position to turn pro unless they actually was. Because it, it, it's not one of those things that does come quickly but it is one of those scenarios that if you are in a position that you're maybe winning your class at like a regional show and you are up there and you look pro worthy that is when I would encourage you to to keep going um until you until you do do achieve that status but it is very individual to the the athlete in their their circumstances do you have cheat meals in a prep now personally for me I don't have cheat meals when I'm in a contest prep I think it is more for like a a psychological release more than anything do they have a purpose in my opinion no when it comes to cheat meals 
you can get so much more bang for your buck actually having a controlled high day or having refeeds during a contest prep. When you're in a prep scenario as well, you are not going to be in a position where you should be really going out and having burgers and fries and pizza and donuts every single weekend. Off season, yes, there is a place for untracked meals. Yes, so you can socialize with with friends and family. But when you're in a prep and accuracy is the most important thing, you don't want to be in a position where you're having an untracked meal that's maybe... 3,000 calories, that is going to put your average weight loss expectancy to go down that following week. Whereas if you had a controlled high day, digestion is going to be better, energy is going to be better from a training perspective, and it just means that that rate of loss is going to be more accurate throughout the week. I also don't like the term cheat meal. I think cheat meal is something that is, you like, it, it's kind of creating like a negative relationship with food like why are you cheating by having a burger and fries or why are you cheating by having a pizza because at the end of the day you're not cheating on anything it is just simply an influx in calories yes okay pizzas and donuts etc have a higher calorie content but that's all that's all that is it's not going to be they're not going to be as nutritionally valuable as what like chicken or rice would be but it doesn't mean that you're cheating by having those foods because at the end of the day that it is just simply simply calories how to manage food focus during a contest prep so i've already spoke about this (laughs) i've already spoke about this just simply don't look at food don't look at food. Make sure that you have got a wide variety of foods in your diet as well. So like having loads of different colors, having different fruits, different textures. You don't need, don't just need to eat chicken, rice and broccoli. Have some potatoes, have some different veg sources, have some different, different fruit like pineapple. Pineapple is awesome for digestion. You could add in some berries, oats cream and ice like it doesn't all need to be the same like obviously at the back end of a prep when calories are significantly lower yes okay there might not be as much variety in there but at the end of the day when your food is that low it means you're close to a show as well you're not going to, or shouldn't be eating like 900 calories when you're 12 weeks out from a show um because that is going to mean that you're going to be in a position where you're not going to be adherent to the plan no matter what kind of person you are like it, it is going to be a lot harder for you to to be adherent if your food is obviously that 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 low so um i think it is just about focusing on the task task at hand and remembering that you're not doing this for comfort you're doing this and prep is actually supposed to be uncomfortable because you are reaching low levels of of body fat so top choice of off-season PEDs. Now, when it comes to PEDs, what you've got to take, what you've got to take into consideration that all PEDs have essentially they they all will accrue muscle tissue if we're talking on a milligram by milligram basis. What we need to consider though is how much androgenic effect each compound has so for example when it comes to female anabolic use primo and anivar 
are are the, the the quote unquote safest that females can take because of its low lower androgenic profile. Now that doesn't mean that you are not going to have a risk of virilization. There is still a risk there, but the risk is a lot lower than what it would be if you was to use trend, for example, that has got a higher androgenic profile, which means that the risk of virilization would be a lot higher in that scenario. Now, if we was to compare Anivar and Primo, Primo is actually lower again in terms of risk if injected. So when you're comparing Anivar and Primo as well, Prima bowling would be something that I would utilize in an improvement season setting because it is going to help accrue muscle tissue without obviously being as negative of an impact on your liver. Anivar is something that I would utilize in a prep setting. So Anivar is great at the back end of a contest prep for a female. The goal at the back end of a contest prep is to preserve tissue. However, it will actually help with intramuscular fullness, but it will significantly help from a training perspective at that very back end. If you're in an off-season, you don't need that intramuscular fullness as much and you're also in a position in your off season as well where your food is higher so you don't need that like synthetic help to actually gain tissue um because the food is is already there so in my opinion with like using a, a compound in an improvement season it would be injectable injectable primo bowl in there there was actually a question as well that said Primo or Anivar, and I've stated that. Does Anivar help with hormones at the back end of a contest prep? Anivar will not help with your hormones at the back end of a contest prep. Anivar will actually suppress your hormones. Even given this scenario of being in a contest prep, like being in a prep state, state already, you being in a deficit will actually suppress your hormones already. So utilizing Anivar at the back end of a contest prep will actually reduce testosterone, estrogen, progesterone. And this is why if you get a blood test done, after the back of a cycle and you're not using TRT, you're not using testosterone replacement therapy, your your um, testosterone levels will actually be significantly lower. Same with if you use like the majority of anabolics will actually suppress testosterone, which is why it is actually recommended to have TRT in place while using all the anabolics however this is why i however it is very important to get a blood test done before you go on cycle you want to see where your natural testosterone levels sit um before you do add in 
uh, TRT. It's the same with when you come off of using anabolics as well. This is a common question I get asked. Should I add in TRT? It's not necessarily the case because your testosterone levels will go back to where they naturally sit. Adding in adding in TRT, yes, this is obviously going to bring your testosterone testosterone levels up, but you may be actually in a normal physiological range that you don't necessarily need that. Now, adding in TRT when your testosterone levels are low, this is something that needs to be monitored over time. So I would recommend getting um, a blood test done every every four weeks and making sure that you're potentially titrating the dose if needed. You always want to start at the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to any anabolics or when utilizing TRT. You want to start with the bare minimum, get consistent blood tests just to make sure that everything is okay because you can't titrate, titrate up. The last thing that you would want to do is start too high that it may cause negative effects like hair growth, like changing change of the, of the voice, change in facial structure, enlargement of the clit. This is all things that need to be monitored efficiently when using anabolics. And this is why getting a blood test done before even starting is is definitely recommended. Now, when using TRT as well, it is very important that you're not putting yourself in a supra-physiological range. So the, the average, what I would recommend for anyone that does want to utilize TRT um, to help bring their, their testosterone levels up is to start with around two milligrams per week. You can't, as I said, you can actually titrate this up depending on what your blood work, what your blood work says. Now, when it comes to testosterone as well, it is actually rarely faked because it is it is cheaper to 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 make. However, it does it is going to obviously be an expense to get blood tests done regularly just to make sure that that everything is is on check there. Should, uh, uh, yeah, I just answered that. Should you use uh, TRT after Anivar? How much milligram to start with PEDs? As I say, you want to start at the, the lower end of the spectrum when it comes to PEDs. But it's also, make before you even think about using PEDs, make sure that you have rinsed everything efficiently before you even start. So I get a lot of first-timers coming to me asking to go on PEDs. But is training volume accurate? Is the exercise selection suited for you? Are you being 100% consistent from a food perspective? Have you maximized the growth that you can have without actually introducing androgenics? Now, there is actually pathways that you can take first before actually, help, uh, before actually taking androgens as well. 
L-carnitine is a very good one that will actually help with protein, muscle protein synthesis, and it will actually help with using fat for for fuel as well. So L-carnitine is something that that I would recommend along with growth hormone. Again, growth hormone is something that actually will be to benefit to actually stay in leaner in an improvement season it does actually help with fat loss when in a deficit as well however it is more on the expensive side side and it can be easily faked within underground labs so it's very important to make sure that the the growth hormone that you're using is actually real because it is very very expensive as well but the the good thing with growth hormone is that it doesn't cause virilization and as females virilization is what we want to avoid if you want to stay feminine obviously when it comes to your femininity this is personal to you and it depends on your risk to reward factor how much you're willing to risk in terms of your femininity for your goal the class that you compete in as well is obviously going to be taken into consideration as well your risk will need to be higher if you are competing in for example figure physique or women's bodybuilding in comparison to to what it would be in bikini for example so it's about knowing what your risk to reward factor there is in terms of virilization but also making sure that you're monitoring the the dosage making sure that that dosage is right is right for you alongside the duration duration is very important as well i have seen a couple of scenarios where females have came to me and they're like well i've only been taking 2.5 milligrams of anivar per day but i have been on it for for 20 weeks the duration is something that you need do need to consider as well because you would actually probably get more bang for your buck if you actually increased the the dosage slightly but did it for a shorter period of time there as well because anything over eight to ten weeks like you've got to ask yourself why are you still keeping yourself in that supra physiological range there I rebounded out of my show and gained 10 kilos in two weeks. Should I go on a diet? Now, the situation that you're in is obviously very, very difficult in terms of your relationship that you've got with the body that you have currently. Now, I know that it's hard seeing the scale weight go up so quickly, and I am really sorry that that has obviously happened to you but the last thing that you want to do after you've had a bad rebound coming out of your show is actually go into a deficit when you when you come out of a contest prep your hormones are going to be suppressed for for quite some time and it is going to take quite some time to your body to return to homeostasis again so you going into a deficit is going to only drive up cortisol and only drive up fatigue even more the most 
important thing that you actually do is simply hold. Get your relationship in a good place with food. Make sure that you're in a position where you're being consistent with food on a day-to-day basis. Prioritizing rest and just letting your body return back to its homeostatic set point before you even think about going into a deficit. I've seen some girls take up to six months to actually recover from a contest prep before they even think about going into another deficit. You've got to remember what the goal is as well. Like, is your goal to become better? And is your goal to to prioritize your health? Because if you're two weeks post-show and you've gained 10 kilos, you going back into a deficit is completely contradicting what your priorities are with health and what the overall goal is, and that is to come back better. So it is going to be a case for you to ride the wave and just let your body get back to normal, get blood tests done around eight to 10 weeks post-show to see where you're at from a health perspective and just try and not overly fixate on body composition for just now. Just get yourself in a position where you're satiated from a hunger perspective and you're um, fueling your workouts and giving your giving your body as much rest as possible. Um, what is the best anabolic for muscle growth? Primo. Like, it, it is going to be primo in, in that scenario. The only time that I would actually recommend Anivar is really in a prep scenario at the back end of a contest prep. Anivar is is oral. It means that it's fat-stacting as well, and you will get that um, intramuscular fullness from it, whereas primo is injectable we're not talking about primo estate here we're talking about primo and ante it has got a longer half-life as well which means that it is actually going to be more beneficial from um a protein accretion perspective than than anivar anivar should only really be used for for short periods of time at the back end of a contest prep for example let me see if there's anything else i want to say from the ped side of things um when it comes to PEDs as well, like if you are someone that is going to be competing in non-tested federations and you do want to potentially utilize PEDs, as I say, make sure that you get yourself in a position where you have maximized your natural capabilities first before jumping onto anabolics making sure that your dosage is not too high to begin with making sure that you get a blood test done beforehand using non-androgenic compounds before using androgenics and then um, make sure that you're keeping yourself as safe as possible having a voice vocalizer app in your phone making sure that you're taking photos of yourself and checking yourself every week at least to make sure that you're not getting no side effects because the last thing that you want is to be in a position where your bodybuilding career has been shortened significantly due to you abusing anabolic antigenic steroids for a period of time so stay safe guys let me know if you enjoyed this episode and if you've got any questions about what i've talked about today or anything that you actually want me to talk about on this podcast Please hit me up in the DMs and I will see you in the next one.